All right, folks, a fun episode today. Uh, this episode is airing the day before our book launches. So we thought it'd be fun to explain how this happened. I mean, you know, some of the folks that listen and watch uh, know Dan and I both, maybe didn't know that Dan and I knew each other. Um, but we wanted to really just share that story today because it, it's been a wild ride. And I didn't think a year ago that there would be a book coming out uh, with our names on it. But God has amazing plans. So, uh, Dan, I'm gonna I'm just going to take us back way to the beginning. We both grew up uh, around Orlando. Is that right? Uh, what about your family? What, what yeah, part yeah. of town? So I, I moved to, to Central Florida to the Chuliota area. So most people won't even know Chuliota. They won't even know the next closest town, Oviedo, but they'll know Orlando. So Oviedo is a, is a little town northeast of Orlando, and Chuliota is an even littler, littler town east of there. So I grew up on a dirt road on five acres outside of Orlando. And uh, we didn't, we didn't even, we didn't know each other. We'd never met until, at least as far as we know, until um, this, until 2019, in the summer of 2019. That's right. So, you know, make a long story short, we both were around the church. You know, I went to Catholic high school, um, but, you know, my faith became very real to me near the end of college. And then I got back to Orlando and started working as a youth minister at a church and was very involved, got very involved in the young adult community. But I'm still amazed that our paths never crossed until 2019. And what brought us together is you started working for the church and I was working for the church. And and uh, I remember finding out about this guy, Daniel Boyd, uh, coming to work for the church. I thought, you know, who who is this guy? And then you reached out to meet me, which was which was so great. And you you handled your new role in just the great way of, of just meeting people, shaking hands uh, and listening. So so we met the first time and uh Tell me your 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 first impressions of of our first time meeting, Dan. That you were a straight shooter because <laughs> one of the first things you you said was, I think I had asked, "What can I do well, or what do what do you need?" And you said very point blank, "Don't assume that we don't know what we're doing." <laughs> <laughs> it was like, okay, yeah. there we go. Hey, I have a bias as a person that came from working at parishes, you know, a lot of times, and I think it's unintentional, but publishing companies or different people that try to reach out to parishes make people at parishes feel like they don't know what they're doing. But it's like people at parishes work very hard and are trying very hard. So sorry if I came off a bit brash, Dan, but uh, you definitely mellowed me out as the conversation went on. Good, good. No, that's, well, hey, that's, I mean, that's, when you learn to listen well, you can diffuse the situation pretty quickly. But no, I just, honestly, I appreciated your honesty and how how forthcoming and frank you were. Uh, and then th that launched a really, really good conversation. And I think after that, you invited me to be a part of a small group uh, study that you were leading. Yeah, I thought, hey, man, this Dan guy is awesome. And I remember telling my pastor, I'm like, this Dan guy is great. I love Dan. And then I was I was thinking of starting a little men's group. And you were the first name that one of the first names that came to mind. And there was a couple other guys, uh, you know, starting to get involved in ministry. So, so, yeah, we started a book study. And I think you might have suggested the book, which, funny enough, is Curtis Martin, Making Missionary Disciples. One of the books we recommend in our book. It really is uh, and, and it's one of our podcast episodes, but it's kind of like foundational to what we ended up writing. I mean, how providential is, is that? Yeah, we had no idea that that was going to turn. I mean, that was that was probably just like a year later that turned into a book that uh, or turned into it was kind of like the seed of a book that we ended up writing and the podcast that we ended up starting and everything we're doing. Yeah. And I think in those early months of getting to know you, I thought, you know, here's a guy that gets it is kind of what I was thinking. Here's someone that cares about 
serving our Lord the same way I do, sees a lot of things eye to eye, you know, ways maybe things could be done a, a little bit differently that could, that could help the church. So a good friendship blossom. And then we had a little bit of a mix up early on, Dan, right? So a, a month or two in the meeting, I got called out to Texas, baby. <laughs> so I'm in Texas now. But then it was like, Dan, this is so great. And I think at least for me on mine, I was like, you know what? This could really work out working so close to Dan over here. But then God had other plans like, man, man. And I really, honestly, I was, I was bummed. I was like, well, guess I won't get to work with Dan right now. Maybe one day in the future. I was too, man. I was so like, I remember when you, you were telling me, like, I can, I can, I remember the conversation because I was, it's like, oh, I guess I'm losing a friend. Like I was, I was so, I was so grateful to meet another guy working for the church in ministry who thought like you did. And then you moved and I was like, well, all right, that's it. But um, luckily, I don't know whose idea this was, but we said, let's on a, on a somewhat regular basis, let's keep in touch and just brainstorm together and shoot and run ideas past one another and say, Hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Or I'm having this problem. How would you solve it? I think that was probably what kept it going because it's it showed us we we really do appreciate the way the other approaches ministry and value what the other person says about and says and thinks about ministry and that that was probably the very beginning of brainstorming for this book. Yeah, and, and maybe some of the folks listening can know that they had that friend that came along at one point in their life. It's like when you find someone like that that is just a great you know iron sharpens iron you know, hang on to those people. And that's what I was like, I don't want to let this friendship go. And, you know, I thought we can help each other. And so, yeah, I don't know which one of us suggested, but we, we were keeping in touch regularly over the phone uh, and then just bouncing ideas off one another. But then what kind of happened on my end was, uh, you know, for, for uh, years, I had been thinking about getting, I didn't know if I was going to write a book or what, what have you, but I wanted to get some frameworks out for ministry. Cause you know, having gone through business school and spending some time in consulting, I was like, gosh, I just think there's things from that world that can be brought to the church. So I was a guy with basically I'd like, and I had started drafting up some frameworks, like really rough sketches. I was like, I was just a guy with about five or seven frameworks. And I thought hmm, maybe Dan would want to write a book with me. So <laughs> I just, in one of our calls, I think I just asked you and, and you being the, the good uh, Christian man that you are said, I'm going to pray about it and talk to my wife about it. And I, and I waited for about a month and a half because you were doing that discernment from December through January. What was going on on your end when, when I made that question to you, what, how did you react and what were your thoughts and how did you process that in the next month or so? Yeah. So I was really, really excited, but there was a lot going on. So it was, it was relatively new in a position and I was planning a huge event. So it was the biggest event that, that I put on each year and I was doing it for the first time. And so all of my effort and my focus was on doing this well and add to that, like Christmas and new years and everything going on there and I'm still being relatively new in my role. So I said, I can't give you an answer right now. Um, but I would say like, as soon as we spoke about it, uh, like that, that same day I spoke with my wife and it was clear, this is what God wants us to do. I had very, I had all the peace in the world of moving forward with you, even though I was busy and I had a lot going on and I was a little stressed. I said, this is the right thing to do. Um, and so I, I will give one quick little plug. If anybody ever asks you and you're married, if anybody ever, ever asks you to write a book, talk to your spouse first, because this is not a small mm -hmm. undertaking. And I don't want to like scare people and say like, don't write a book. I mean, we made it happen in 11 months, yeah. um, but it took, there was late nights and early mornings and there were Saturdays gone and, um, 
we met in virtually in a lot of coffee shops and we definitely put in the hours to make this happen. Uh, You're so right about that, Dan. I learned that from you along the way too. make sure I run things by uh, my wife because, um, you know, having their support, we can't do it without them. And you're right. It wasn't a, it wasn't a small undertaking. I didn't really know what we were getting into, but it was just kind of the prompting of the Holy spirit and, Little did I know what God had in store. So folks, don't say no to the Holy Spirit because he's got bigger plans than you. Because really, our, I found out pretty quickly working together, our skills were so complementary where I was a guy with the frameworks, but you're a writer, you know, so you were able to help take these ideas and, and help put them into a book form. And, you know, uh, we shared in the last uh, in a future episode that we've already recorded, we shared about forming our team and doing the team charter and um one of the key values for us was partnership. We wanted this to be a 50-50 split of work. And I think we really did stay, stay true to that over the whole, I think early on, maybe I, I led the way a little bit in, in some of the early formulation, but then as we've been getting ready to print, man, you have been carrying us. And especially my family was moving to a new house. You know, it's like God just had the perfect, perfect uh, plan for all this. So I'm really yeah. grateful about that. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I feel like we were, we were equally yoked over the whole course of things. Although at one point, you, as, you know, as we talked about in the team charter episode, uh, your skills were really, really useful and critical. And then there were some things that I had experience with from writing my dissertation. So like all of the, the fun with formatting for, uh, for publishing with Amazon, I got to learn how to do that. And it was so similar to what I had already done for the dissertation that I think that made it much more familiar to me and, and a little bit easier of a learning curve than I think most people would have encountered. Yeah, that was, I mean, I had no idea that you had had that background experience, but God did. So folks, the, the moral of the story is just, if you feel God wanting you to do something, you, you do just need to take a leap of faith and say yes and trust in the rest of the way. Like Mary's yes, you know, she didn't know all that was entailed when she said yes to being the mother of the savior. She just said yes. And now she's the queen of heaven right? Yeah. Queen of heaven and earth. But, um, you know, another thing too, is that God kept us going along the way. Um, we're going to jump into the details in a, in a second, but I just want to show that there were times where I was like, I don't know how I'm going to hit my deadline this week. I was tired. God would, God would wake me up at two in the morning or he would clear something out of my schedule for me to do what we need to get done. So it, it was, there was a lot of peace in knowing that this was Jesus Christ who wanted this to happen, not Dan and Justin. So I'm grateful to you for, for, reminding us to go bring everything to prayer and discuss with our spouses because um, that was just an essential piece. You want to know the Lord is leading you. Yeah. And I mean, it goes back to our core values, the, the prayerfulness, honesty, personal holiness. Those were, were key among them. So you want to talk about uh, changes in schedule though, coronavirus, that was a big, big shift for us. Um, we had, we like, we thought it was going to be a normal year. And then right as we, as we got started, uh, kind of creating our pitch. Initially, we were going to go to publishers and we were going to say, here's an idea we want to share with you. But then the further along we went, we said, why don't we just do this ourselves? Amazon makes it so easy now. And uh, that, that gives us the creativity we want. And we're not bound by someone else's timeline. And not to say we don't, we don't dislike any publishers out there. We just said, we think we can do this on our own and we want to try it. Um, and COVID hit during the middle of that. And so in some sense that probably had we had more opportunities to go out and watch football and go to the movies, we might not have gotten the book written in 2020. <laughs> that is very true. It also forced us to go towards meeting virtually like some for so many, but uh, now you and I work as if we were next door to each other, you know? Um, I, yeah, just to kind of walk folks through our process at, at first, uh, just something from back in the day of business school, you know, whenever you're coming up with an idea, 
the term pitch deck, you know, a few slides explaining what are you doing. And I think that was key for us early on is like, all right, we know we want to work together. It's going to be a book. What kind of book? Okay. We were just excited. We just needed, it literally was, uh, I would, it, it was about two, two months of us just making this slide deck and running it by some folks saying, here's what we're thinking of doing. Cause we had lots of different ideas at first, but getting feedback from people, you know, we were able to narrow down through those slides and it was just slides, folks. We hadn't written anything yet. We narrowed down why are we writing this book? What is the table of contents? What are some sample visuals? And what could be some follow-up components beside the book? One of which was this podcast that we said early on was really, we, we both were pretty much really excited to do a podcast, but we knew yeah. we had to get the book oh, done yeah. first. So that slide deck process was so invaluable. What were your thoughts as we were going through that? So that was the first time for me. I think you'd probably done, you know, dozens of those, but for me, it was brand new. I'd never done anything like it before. So it was a learning experience, but I would say for anyone who's thinking of, of starting a project like this, whether it's a podcast or a book, this type of brainstorming and focused refining of a, of a vision was critical because yeah. That let us cut away all the chaff and, and everything that wasn't necessary and says, say, you know what, this is really interesting stuff. It just doesn't belong in the book. And so we actually made a file. These are all of the other interesting ideas we have. But we're just not writing about them right now because we have to focus this. And we have to keep everything within. And so there were so many times where we would do, we would cut a week or two or three weeks of work away and say, it just doesn't fit anymore. And some of the, them were ideas that we loved. You know, you thought something was an awesome idea and I thought something was an awesome idea. And then we just had to, to accept the fact this doesn't belong in the book. Um, but by, by, by working within that honesty, welcoming the feedback of people we trust and thinking through it, really embracing the iterative process, we were able to get to something that was much better than if we just said, OK, well, no, this is our original idea. We're sticking with it no matter what. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. And. So those two months were so key. So, you know, I asked you in December 2019, you said yes, I think in January 2020. And then it was probably March or April that we finished the slide deck and we knew, okay, we're writing a book and then we're going to do a podcast to help promote the book, but also share the ideas from the book. And, and the vision was really get something in the hands of people. We didn't want people to be afraid of doing ministry. We wanted to, re and yeah. we narrowed down personas even. We wrote personas Okay, folks, so we knew who you want to reach from the beginning, and it was these three groups. Maybe you fall into one of them. One was a seasoned veteran of ministry who maybe is looking for new tools or refinement. Um, another is someone fresh and new to ministry that's going into full-time ministry or doing a lot. Maybe they came out of a Catholic campus ministry, and they're just hungry and ready to go but need a little direction. Then third group is guys and gals sitting in the pews who are upset with what's going on with the church, with people leaving the church, want to do something but don't know where to start. This book and this podcast was meant to be a tool in their tool belt to say, hey, I can do something about this. I'm going to start an outreach to young professionals. I'm going to start an outreach to single mothers. Whatever's on your heart, these tools and frameworks are universal. They're Catholic, if you will, but they apply to any outreach because any of us are called to reach a certain a certain flock. You know, God's going to put things on our hearts. This book and this podcast is meant to give you some tools to make that idea a reality. What was really helpful for me in writing was with those personas is I had someone to write to. I had someone to talk to. And so frequently, if I was stuck, I would go back to that and say, who am I talking with right now? Who am I trying to reach? And say, okay, I'm talking to that seasoned veteran. I'm talking to that really, really energetic 
kind of entrepreneurial mindset person or the young adult. And that just focused what I was doing. And it, and it kind of cleared away some of the clouds of thought to, to help me say, this is what I need to say right now. Um, and so what I'd say what was amazing was um, once we sat down to write, how quickly the book flowed out. And I, I attribute that 100% to the planning we did ahead of time. Yeah, the book just flowed because we've already we had already had so many conversations flushing out the vision. I mean, scary to think about what would have happened if we hadn't done the slide deck first, because we would have been just going all these different directions, not on the same page. You so it's like the iterative process. We got on the same page about something small, and then we were able to be on the same page about something bigger. That's what we talk about in the book too. Start small and grow from there. If mm -hmm. we had started with just writing a book without knowing where we were going with the book, oh my goodness, we could have gone. A million different directions. Yeah. So the it was probably in reality the majority of the book was written in three months. Well, when we came out of the slide deck phase, the pitch deck, you really led the way on like setting deadlines and like you have a great appetite for work, which is so great and encouraging. And and you need a running buddy, guys. You need a running buddy with you that is going to help set a good pace with you, right? Um, so definitely found that in you, Dan. And you were like, all right, we need to just write a book. And you're like, <laughs> you were like, come whatever, come what may. We're writing a book by like it was June or July. Like we're gonna we're, we just have to write it now. Yeah, yeah. So that was the real heavy lifting. That's the part that you would often say and you would remind us this is the not so glamorous part. We just have to write now. So so yeah, Dan, what was that part like? Just the writing part. So that was um that was the tough part. And it, it depends on if you like writing or not. So I, I enjoy writing. And the, the, so the writing was, was a big challenge because I think we gave ourselves goals of like, have a draft of this chapter ready in a week. And so sometimes we, we were, we would go a little bit longer than that, but if we were delaying, we would just kind of bring the hammer down and say, it's time, finish it. And I, I would um, credit my, my work on my dissertation with, with teaching me, the importance of just getting something on paper because the i think the unknown reality of writing a book is that the majority of the work is is done in editing and not in writing so writing is, is not to say it's easy that's a lot of work and you get your ideas on there but once you do that then you reform them and you go back and you say well do i really mean that is it, are those the words i want to use did i can i condense that and say it in fewer words and I mean, we had so many revisions. I think I, I probably scared you a little bit early on when I talked about my dissertation and I said, Justin, believe me, writing is, is not even half the work. We're going to have hundreds and hundreds of revisions here. And I don't, I don't, I don't think we had that many rounds of revisions, um, but there was always something we would go back and we say, I don't like this anymore. Cut it out. And it was something that initially we loved. Um, yeah. But the really just right. I had the, there were some frameworks I had that we got we ended up getting rid of that were hard because I had been holding on to those babies for a while. But you know I, what? I remember we, that we man. just had to make that call. Say this does not fit in the book. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think another motto that wasn't a core value for us, but something we said over and over again is perfect is the enemy of done. So yeah. folks, you can't just analyze it and analyze it and analyze it. It's like we just write a chapter, just write a chapter right now write a chapter and then later we'd look back and give feedback and review it and revise it but that was that was key so many times perfect is the enemy of done so i think it was you know june and july we had a draft ready then then it was a couple months of 
rereading it, both of us rereading it, revising, getting to one final concise version. And then we also started researching around the same time as, okay, now how do we publish a book? You know, how do we self-publish? And we kind of divided and conquered there, but we learned all these things. There's great resources online. We learned that basically it's, it's, it's a menu where you decide how much you want to do, right? I mean, you could hire people to do everything for your book except write it basically. So do you want to have a proofreader? Do you want to have an editor? Do you want to have a cover designer? Do you want to have someone do your graphic design? You know, all these things. And you can have people format your book for all for all programs, you know, Kindle or paperback, or you could even split that up. You know, people that say, oh, I'm the expert in Kindle. So what was that part like for you, Dan, as we were kind of going into un real unknown territory there? Those were the times when my procrastination would kick in a little bit and say, well, I don't really know how to get started here. And so I would, because I didn't know what the first step was, I, I wouldn't take it. And, you know, the first step is just, okay, learn more. If you don't know what to do, learn more, read, figure some stuff out. And there's a balance where you can spend, you know, hours and hours and hours in reading and learning without ever actually doing anything. And so then I'd have to, to tell myself, like, you know enough to get started. Just do it and figure out what you don't know well. And what surprised me, and I don't know why, because this always happens. Once I start doing something, I finish it so much faster than I thought. Confidence builds, you know, stress goes yeah. away because you're actually yeah. realizing, oh, I've solved other problems before in my life. I can solve this one. Yeah, absolutely. So just like doing it, like I didn't know, I didn't know how to format for Kindle. Um, I knew how to format for a dissertation, but I didn't know what Kindle's regulations were, or I didn't know what Amazon's regulations were for submitting a draft, but I just learned it. And uh, luckily, YouTube's out there, so I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. I watched a lot of them multiple times over to go back and say, oh, no, what did he, what did he say here? What's the right way to, to format this or the, the right paragraph style? And it's a, you know it, some of it is meticulous, and you, you have to be willing to deal with the details of that. But um, I would say it's... It's about patience. If you can be patient, then you can do it. If, if you don't have the, the time to do it, then yeah, you can pay people to format. You can pay people to do the graphic design for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. There were just areas where we said, no, we think we can do this well on our own. So yeah. we're, gonna, we're just going to do it. Well, I think there were two things that really, really helped us stand. One was we had a goal in our mindset. We're going to write this thing within a year. We knew that if it went past a year, it would probably not get done. So we started in January. We said, by the end of this year, the book's going to be ready. And here we are. The book's about to come out. Thanks be to God. Now, the second big thing um, that really helped us was we had a little carrot at the end for us. We really wanted to do a podcast. I mean, that was we always would start <laughs> to drift and talk about doing the podcast. And we're like, wait, wait, no, we have to write a book first. So I think by setting those priorities saying of saying book first, then you get to do your podcast, those things really help. So if you've got a big goal, guys, make sure you know there's some reward at the end. Like, for example, if like right now, I'm on a little uh, four-week uh, plan for Advent. You know, I'm like, I I, I need to get my, uh, you know, dieting back in check a little bit. But but uh, I know on that end date, I can celebrate getting to that that finish line. It's like when you do a marathon and you know there's uh, all this great stuff waiting for you at the end. So so that was big, Dan, I think, having the carrot of the, of the podcast, but also knowing this will not, it, I repeat, will not take more than a year. Yeah. And there were many times where we said, you know, let's wait, let's push our deadline back. And it was, it was one or the other of us who said, no, we're not doing that. Like <laughs> we agreed, man, let's just, let's like knuckle down and make it happen. And I'm so glad every step of the way we did that and we didn't give ourselves the pass. Well, God, God helped us a lot. There were times where he would, like I said earlier, wake us up, you know, do different things like that, but he would bring people like, I remember as we were writing, 
I literally met someone that said, oh yeah, I wrote a book, but I never published it. It was just fun for me to write the book. I was like, that will not be me. Nope. It's like, that was a warning sign to both of us that if we just keep it out there, we would, we would never, we would never get it done. So, so folks, you just got to have those deadlines and stick to them. And that's something too, that we covered in um, one of the earliest podcast episodes about Google, Google's research on effective teams. One of those qualities is they just hit their deadlines. They say they're going to do something and they do it because it builds that habit. It builds that virtue because the more you're going to procrastinate, then that can become your habit. But you know, you, you define your culture, you know, by just really getting stuff done, what you get done. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the podcast was really the, like you said, that was the dessert after the main course. And that's been a ton of fun so far. And the, the, one more uh, little reward is that tomorrow, so this episode is going to launch on December 7th, tomorrow, December 8th, our book will be available for sale on Amazon in paperback format and Kindle format. So you can pre-order Kindle now, but you can purchase the paperback tomorrow on December 8th. Yeah. And um, yeah, so grateful for that. And I got to let you folks in on, no, get, let you folks in on one more little secret. We picked that date because it's a big Marian feast day. So one one secret sauce we had in all this was also Marian consecration. So we both decided uh, early on that um, you know we wanted Mary to be a part of this project, and we said, "Hey, let's consecrate this to her to purify our intentions." And I will say our writing style changed after that. When as as we went through the thirty three day preparation, you know we lose we used uh, thirty three days to morning glory, reading it together, consecrating our work together, as well as our families and our lives, uh, reconsecrating those those things um, to Christ through His Mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. But I feel like she really helped purify our, our hearts and she helped purify our words and, and just be more charitable in what we said in this book so that it would really be a, a gift to the church because it's easy to be critical. What's what's harder to be is charitable, but Our Lady does helps us do that. She helps us uh, be more and more like her son. So, Dan, I think that might have even been your idea. Why was that so important to you, uh, Marian consecration? You know, that's funny because I don't remember now other than just recognizing this is this was for the lord and mary's the model disciple so she took in the word of god she pondered on it and then she acted on it and so because this was all about making disciples that let's entrust this to the model of all disciples someone who takes in the word of god thinks on it ponders it keeps it in her heart and then acts upon it because we wanted to do that too and the fruit was i mean it i would say it's not like we entered into this with horrible intentions, but mm -hmm. she just purified them so much Even more, more. Yes. With, that, with that consecration. So I'm so glad we did that. And so December 8th, the Immaculate Conception, we just said, no, we've got to launch. We even talked about not doing it on that day. And it, it just came back to like, no. Always, came, always came back to that day. Well, the other thing too is another secret sauce is we adopted some patron saints early on when we formed our team charter and we picked and, uh, so, so I'll, I'll name the same day. Maybe you can explain a little bit why we picked them. So first we had St. Therese of Lisieux. Because she is the patroness, patroness of missionaries. Even though she never left uh, the convent once she entered to, to go do missionaries, she prayed so much for missionaries and for mission work. And she even said, I'm going to spend my heaven doing good upon earth. So she's like a missionary from heaven. Mm -hmm. And we said, we need the, the intercession of our little flower, uh, the patroness of missionaries. And second was St. Paul the Apostle. 
for I mean, clearly like the model, the model disciple maker. Evangelist. Yeah, yeah. So so much of what we take is actually you can see it played out in the way he does ministry. I mean, really, yeah. I can't think of much, if anything. He, I mean, he might not have done a team charter, but he had teams that he worked with and he was pretty clear on what he wanted. People and he was to very do. intentional with those people that he was. But, you know, the other thing I love about Paul is this is just his, um, you know, St. Paul and his, his missionary zeal and sense of urgency and trying to awaken that within the church. Folks, the world is, it needs the gospel now more than ever. So these these things we do at parishes, they aren't just nice little things or clubs. Guys, these are helping people. If we're keeping focused on Jesus Christ, they're helping people get to heaven and helping transform their lives. This is serious business. So uh, number three, we knew we needed one more serious saint, a serious, well, it's hopefully saint in the making, Lord willing, Venerable Fulton Sheen. And with him, that it just made perfect sense because he was so good at evangelizing using the mass media. We said, we've got to embrace the way he did things. And so that we, we probably owe the podcast to his intercession. Yeah, absolutely. And he just, I love his rationality. You know, I love listening to his talks. They're so concrete. You know what's amazing about him, though? Because uh, my wife read um, his, his autobiography. I think it's Treasures of Clay is the name of it, maybe. You know, he would spend hours preparing for a homily. He would... So I think it goes back to, you know, when folks see a book come out or a podcast, that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's all those meetings, those mornings, guys, early mornings, yeah. late oh nights, you know, but Fulton Sheen, when he would get on the camera, it's not like he just showed up on his cameras on a show that was so wildly successful and he would just say things that were incredible. He rehearsed and practiced. So that I think that he helped us also with the early on parts when we didn't even get write anything. We were just planning and all that. So, and but then lastly, we take come full circle, the Virgin yeah, Mary. Of course. And I mean, again, she's the model disciple and we just wanted to entrust this to her because if the Lord entrusted himself to her hands, then we thought, okay, we can entrust a podcast in a book to her perfect hands. That's right. And of course we did throw in some others there throughout the long way. Of course, St. Joseph mentioned many a time. Uh, yeah. Love St. Joseph. So anyway, folks, that's how this project came to be. That's how this book became written. It's really been God's hand at work. And we pray that, you know, it's come across in our episodes, although we've done that, this is not about us. It's really not. And forgive us if any time it does come off that way. We don't mean it to. Oh, no. This is about our Lord. And, you know, we both are just two guys that wanted to give ourselves to the church because we know what the church has done for us. We want to help other people encounter that love of, of Jesus Christ through his church and, you know, guys, we're so there's so many talents here and the people listening. I mean, you're all so talented. God's given you with blessed you with talents and gifts and experiences. We just hope that this book and this podcast helps you to share that with the world and for the gospel. And you're going to find out as you get going, just like you said, Dan, you know, just doing things, just getting started. That if you if you just dip your toe in the water and just get going, you're going to find that, wow, I really can do this. Yeah. I mean, Jesus doesn't call the those who are perfect and those who are really, really skilled. He'll give you what you need. So what we wanted to do is give you the, the frameworks to to show you the way to make this a little bit easier, to give you confidence that this is within this is within reach for you. So trust in the Lord. This is what he asks us to do. He's going to help you do it successfully. You're going to learn as you go. You're going to get better, but just start. You're going to love it. This is what we were made for. So folks, we hope you enjoyed learning uh, this story of how it came to be. Now, uh, please, if you would, uh, go to Amazon.com uh, December 8th and look for Go Make Disciples by uh, Justin Reyes and Dan Boyd, forward by Brandon Vaught. Thank you again, Brandon, uh, for writing the forward to this book. 
pick up a copy for yourself, uh, buy a copy for a friend in ministry. It could be a great book study for teams doing ministry uh, together. It's meant to be for anyone, anywhere to help them implement a ministry to anybody. It's really just some some really light uh, frameworks that, that apply to anything. So thanks for listening, folks. Thank you, Dan, for saying yes about a year ago at this point. Uh, we should look back on when the original invitation happened. I wonder if it was the same day. Who knows? A bit, yeah, yeah. And Justin, thanks so much for inviting me. It was, it's been a blessing working with you on this. And I just can't wait to see what the Lord's going to put on our, our plate and say, eat up. So if uh, if you are free tomorrow night at 9 p.m., so that's December 8th at 9 p.m. Eastern time, Central time for those yeah. Texas folks would be 8 p.m. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be live on Facebook with a, a launch party for our book. So we'd love for you to join us on there, throw out your questions for us, and we look forward to seeing you there. God bless and go make, make disciples. disciples.